My name is Olivier and this is the Do Happy Work podcast. Today again I'm here with Vera and because it is still early in the year, I want to talk about something that is fundamental, something that should come first when you consider doing better work, doing happy work. What do you commonly think do people do first when they want to change something in their professional routine or situation? I think they deep dive into Google and YouTube and now ChatGPT and ask them, how can I have a better professional work life or a better work life balance? I also see that there is a great deal of impatience and I have been guilty of that for the longest time. You always want things to change right now. You want Absolutely. it to change right now. You, you become so focused on execution. The only thing that people talk about is what can we do? But what if there was a stage that came before the doing that we disregard, that we forget, that we ignore? It's about having a clean slate of sorts internally. A clean slate. Yeah. And because you can't really start something if you have a bunch, like chaos, right? Well, you can, but you bring the oh, chaos yeah, with sure. you. <laughs> exactly. But if you are really looking towards betterment, towards happy work, you can't bring that chaos with you. And this is a great gateway into this conversation. Happy work, if happy work is the expression of our truth, if happy work is indeed to be happy work, that would mean that that inner alignment that we have should be one of happiness. Mm -hmm. But now... It is strange that people would think that they can take their unhappiness, their dissatisfaction, their frustration, their disappointment, and just change the way they do things, but still have this inner emotional reality dragged along into the new doings. Of course, the doings will not change. They will just change in flavor, but they will not change in nature. And nature is really what's at the helm here. It's really what we're talking about. Because what informs nature in the case of, the human, of, of a human being, since our experience of life is emotional, so you will, at the end of your life, look back at memories. You will look back to what your life amounted to, and you will find only the things that have an emotional memory in you will come to mind, because life is mental. Because our experience of life, reality itself, is perceived through the mental machine, through the mental system that we have. So take away the mind and we don't have a perception of reality. So we should, of course, begin the journey in the mind. We have to understand that it is our mind that has created a work reality of sadness. And that it is our mind that ultimately can create a work reality of happiness. But when we talk about the mind, we have to understand that the mind is not just a brick. It's not just, you know, a single piece of something. The mind is very, it's very layered. It's full of facets. And the, the, the mind is made up of different systems that work together. And traditionally, what science has come to prove, what we have come to realize is that we have two mental natures. There are like two systems within our mental system that are working together. But we think they're working against each other. So already there is a very, very big thing that we have to consider that 
these two systems that we have, we have them naturally. We need to be able to use them at their best. And those two systems are, for one, intuition, the inner teacher, and for another, instinct, the preserving guardian. What's interesting, though, is that for so many years, we were told not to focus on the intuitive part because it's too out there. You need that, That's exactly what, a, you know? that's what I want to get at. It's that we think that emotions have no place in professional surroundings. And yet our experience is emotional. But emotions live in that part of our mind that is connected to our innermost truth, to our intuition. But because when we go to school, because this world has become very materialistic, we only nurture logic. We only nurture the one that is supposed to bring us results. The one, the, that piece of the brain that is here to help us do things, express things, to, to, to use our hands to create, create, create. It's all that we focus on, which is the side, we also call it the left side of the the brain, which contains language, logic, rationale, and everything we need in order to stay safe. The preserving mind is the one that we commonly nurture. But we have another part of our mind that nobody nurtures, and that's intuition. That's the inner teacher, intuition, inner tuition. And intuition is where I see our nature at home. It's the seat of our truth. And when you use your intuition, you actually have a direct line of communication to your inner teacher. Don't you think that we all use our intuition throughout the day, but we just, um, instead of embracing the word intuition, we say, oh, I go based on my gut. I, I actually have an answer for that. And actually, the, 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 the answer comes from someone else. It's Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein said... This world, he accused society of having the master serve the servant and not have the servant serve the master because intuition, you're right, it's always there. But we don't use it as the source of things. We use it just at the end to polish our decisions. So, for example, if you have the choice between two dishes at the restaurant, you can either go for facts, rationale, for habit, right? For that which you know. Recommendations, reviews. Anything that's data-driven, anything that is making you feel safe, secure, anything that seems like, oh, yeah, that's a good, solid choice. Or you could listen to your gut, and your gut might tell you, I want to try something new. This looks really delicious. It makes my mouth water. You know, there is something inside of you telling you this is the this is the meal I should choose. But then we do it the other way around. Instead of listening to that desire, that craving that builds within us, and then making sense of it with our left side of the brain, we turn it around. We choose what makes sense, and then somehow aligns our emotions with it. It's like, oh yeah, you know, that's actually good. Yeah, I feel good about it. Yes, but that's exactly what Einstein was trying to say. This dual mental nature that we have, all parts of the brain should be part of every decision, but where does the initial decision come from? What do we place first in the chain of decision-making? 
should be our intuition, our inner truth, and then use instinct, rationale, and logic to apply it, to make sense of it in the world. Because here's the thing, intuition is just good at feeling what is right. It's just good at telling you what needs to happen, but it's not good at executing. Your intuition cannot build things. So therefore, if you want to realign yourself with work that makes you truly happy, you should stop listening to the outside teacher, like instinct and rationale and logic. You should stop trying to make sense of your work. You should stop trying to find data and evidence to support the search for a new job or the creation of a new business, you should actually make room for the inner teacher first so that your heart can tell you what it actually is that it wants to create, what what such a job should look like, what such a business should look like, and then use the left side of of the mind, the rationale to support that decision so that you now know what needs to happen. This is also how you tap into the performance of that beautiful computer system that you have, that is your brain. And I actually, I see the brain as it works, this entirety of the mental structure. I I see it very much like a computer to a certain extent. Of course, it's way more than that. But imagine this, just like a computer, you have basic hardware, you have the infrastructure. And the infrastructure, that is the dual nature of the brain. It's pretty much like what in a computer would be, you know, the, 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 the processor like CPUs and the graphic processor and, you know, the chips and all that. You have this and that's God-given or given by nature, whatever you, whatever you believe, it's given to you. You can't change its nature. And that's where the ghost in the machine resides. The truth is in there, but it needs to be tickled. It's locked in the system architecture. So... Even if you know of the dual nature of the mind, you still need something to bring it out. You need something that gives you access to your intuition and something that allows your intuition to instruct your logic so that you can make decisions that support your expansion. And that in a computer, what is that? That's the operating system. And we have a mental operating system. And that's exactly where this should begin. Your mental journey towards happy work needs to begin with the operating system. Why should it begin there? Because that's the only thing you can change. You cannot change your system architecture. You cannot change the fact that you have an intuition. You cannot change the underlying wiring of the brain. But you can change how you make use of that architecture. And that's The operating system, also called mindset. The mindset is that piece of software that you can run inside of your mind that changes completely how your mind functions. And we know that from computers. If you have an outdated operating system or one that was not programmed and conceived for that Mm -hmm. underlying architecture, your system will not run well. And when your system doesn't run well, you don't get to use the full potential that lies within the system. In in the case of the mind, if your operating system is outdated or is not fit for your beautiful mind, you don't get to tap into your potential. Your potential, the ghost in the machine, 
the spirit, the truth, the, the essence of your being remains locked in your intuition, in your intuitive mind. How do you, when, if you're trying to, if you know if you're trying to fix something in yourself, in your life, that your mindset is off. I think that's uh, clue number one, right? What's the first step in getting a mindset that's going to help us move well, forward? So the, the, first, the first part, as always, is the desire to do so, right? Which is what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Awareness. You have to build awareness. Without the awareness of your mental reality, without stepping into silence and realizing what your operating system actually is currently doing, limiting you, there is no... There's no grounds for work. There's nothing you can do. So it's the first thing. You have to create silence. You have to create space. You have to create awareness. And an awareness routine helps you to actually turn the gaze from outside doings to inside seeing. And when you look inside, you look at your mental machine, you will realize, oh my God, there's so many limiting factors in my mind right now. And it's not about doing anything about them. It's about recognizing them. It's about recognizing that my mental machine is not running at its optimal rate. When you say that, though, like you have to recognize those things, I think our impatience kicks in right away because we're like, I have to fix it. I have to change it. Well, to think that you have to fix it is the first problem. You yeah. don't have to fix it. You, you don't fix an operating system. You change it. You switch you cannot, because fixing an operating system, ask any software engineer, that, that, that's a lifetime task. If you were to fix an operating system, that is, that is for you alone to do so, that's impossible. Rather than that, you format, you reboot everything. But then comes the real work. Now comes the actual work of, if your intention is to reset your your operating system it is about reconnecting going back to the initial operating system because believe it or not we were born with the best possible operating system with the best possible mindset there is yeah. we were born with it we just overrode it and and because of our teachings and education our experiences yeah, we, I think that uh, just along that line, it, you know, you take up too much space with stuff that does not serve. Exactly. And then at some point, you have this Frankenstein version of an operating system. Uh, you, you're in your mid-30s and you, you don't even know anymore what your operating system is doing. It's just doing its thing, but it's not really an operating system anymore. It's just an amalgamation of different teachers and ideas. But here's the thing. The nature of the operating system, that's the only thing that matters. And when it comes to operating system, to mindsets, there are only two possible ones, just two operating systems. And no, I'm not talking about Windows or OS X. <laughs> I'm talking about the one that empowers your mind, and then there's one that limits your mind. Those are the two. And mindset is an incredible word because it has the word set in it, right? The syllable set. And it means that there is a switch in your mind. And with the flick of a switch, you can switch between mindset A and mindset B. The problem is that you right now, you dear listeners, you don't know that there is such a switch. You think that your mindset is a given. And instead of switching, instead of pushing that switch, instead of flicking it, you just work on what you have. But you need to flick it. And now the difference is that one mindset, the one that we acquire from the world, 
That's the preserving one. It's the mindset that wants you to be safe. It's the mindset that tells your mental machine that anything we decide, anything we do should serve our preservation, the continuation of our existence. That's the limiting mindset. And that's the one that the world, most parts of this world, employs. That's what we learn from our parents and teachers. It's the one where everything is a guardrail. You have to be safe. But mindset B, the one that you can switch to, is the one of expansion. That is the one that does not consider preservation or continuation of existence, but it's the one that is about you tapping into your potential and expanding like a tree. And now you see, it's a switch. And what is the nature of a switch? A switch is either or. Either the light is on or the light is off. But you think that you can be in, in a state that's kind of in between. And that's not possible for a light switch. The light is on or off. So you either have a preserving mindset or you have an expanding mindset. Here's why you don't realize that. There is another mindset that your mind can have naturally. And that is the one of emergency. It's the one of danger. When you are in a situation of danger, when you're challenged naturally by something, by a situation that calls for your preservative instincts, you naturally switch into a preserving instinct mode. But it's natural. However, at some point, the danger is over. And then you should be able to switch into expansion mode. But that's not happening. That is exactly the problem, that this is not happening. And so your first step towards happy work is to realize, am I actually in danger? Does my life situation, the circumstances, actually warrant for my operating system, my mindset, to run in emergency mode? Do I need to worry about my preservation, the continuation of my existence? And in most cases, you will find no. But then again, the mind is a trickster and the mind is an ally. You have to understand that your mind is not trying to antagonize you. Your mind is trying to help you. So you telling your mind you're in danger will make your mind stay in preservation mode. You telling your mind everything's okay will help your mind switch into expansion mode. And that's the big trick. I think I understand when you say we're telling our mind we're in danger. It's meaning I don't have enough. Exactly. When I have X, then I'll be yeah. safe. Yeah. Then I'll be able to, then I'll be able to focus on all the beautiful things I want to do. That's exactly right. Consider this. Your mind has these two stages, preservation or expansion. But when it comes to preservation, there are two sub-states, the natural one, you're actually in danger. The unnatural one, you choose to be in danger. And then there is the natural expansion one, which is a choice you have to make. So you realize every day you wake up and you go into the world, you make a choice, a subconscious choice. You make the choice of living in danger. You tell your mind, today, please help me survive. 
maybe you realize that a, a mind that thinks it's in danger makes completely different decisions than a mind that thinks we're enough, yeah. we're okay. Yeah, I right? can just picture it even in the morning and say, oh God, let me just get through this day. Exactly. That's already emergency mode. <laughs> you get in your car. It's just your language is putting you in emergency mode. Like the fact that realization is really something. And language is always a good indicator because the language sits in the left side of the mind, which is the logic-driven one. When you give the instinct all the power over your life because you tell yourself you're in danger, instinct has all the power. The guardian now has all the power. Now the language becomes also driven by instinct. So everything becomes forceful and violent. When we, we all had these bosses that were bossy. Boss, being bossy is nothing but the sign of a person that is running in false preservation operating system Absolutely. mode. But now someone who is generous, giving, you know, a natural leader is someone who's running in the other mode, in the, in the natural expansion mode. And now there's a word for that. And I'm sorry that we have taken so long to even just use that word, abundance. The mindset of preservation is the mindset of scarcity. The mindset of expansion is the mindset of abundance. I think it helps that we, or, or rather that that word didn't come up till the very end because it's also a buzzword now. It's so filled with different expectations that to understand the natural aspect of those two mindsets, when you then attach a word like abundance or scarcity, you understand how it functions yeah, versus yeah. how Instagram tells you it functions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Just in summing it up, your mind creates the reality of your life and therefore the reality of your work. But your mind, this beautiful machine, has a hierarchy of function where intuition is the source and instinct and rational and logic is the servant. To realign them to work accordingly is necessary for you to tap into your potential and use it to create work that truly reflects who you are and will fulfill your desire of expansion, of being of use and of fulfilling yourself. But you can only do so if your operating system allows you to tap into your potential. And right now, most likely your operating system, the one that you choose, is one of false danger. It's one of scarcity. So go and investigate. Just sit down with a piece of paper and look at the last 10 decisions you made. What drove those decisions? Was it a glass half empty or a glass half full mindset? Was it a mindset of habit and preservation or was it a mindset of abundance? You think back at what creates your work reality today, the, the job that you still have or the business that you created, that situation that makes you unfulfilled, isn't it a chain of decisions that were created by an operating system of scarcity? Ask yourself. Start to become aware of that invisible layer in your mind that whispers in your ear whenever you have to make crucial, important, key decisions. Is it an attitude of abundance? Is it an attitude of being enough? Or is it a preserving mindset? Is it a way of trying to keep you safe? Become aware of this notion, of this layer inside of you that speaks to you when you have to make choices. And then 
I have just one very simple exercise for you. Go into your silence routine. Dive into that space of awareness that you create for yourself. And tell yourself when you're in your secret garden, when you're in your mental garden, tell yourself three things. I am enough. I am where I need to be. And this moment is perfect as it is. But here's the trick. Don't just say these things. Feel them. Because just like in prayer for people who are religious, saying the words don't mean anything. It's feeling the emotional weight that will make your brain listen. When you say to your mind in a state of relaxation and silence that you are enough, your intuition lights up. Because now you created a gateway, you created a line of communication to this part of your mind that suddenly is heard. Because imagine, throughout the day, you ignore your inner teacher. Now suddenly, when you sit in silence, you tell your teacher, I'm here to listen to you. What do you have to say? And then your teacher slowly steps forward into the light. Slowly, because it doesn't want to press you into anything, but if you make room for it, it slowly begins to step out of the darkness and then starts to sit down on the bench next to you. And then, before you know it, with the next decision you take, it will be maybe a slightly more intuitive one. Uh-huh.